Hey everybody, this is Gabe, uh, the editor for the podcast. Just want to let you know that the audio in this episode is a little rough. Um, some of our audio devices, we're being a little finicky, so we're going to sort that out before next episode, and I hope you guys enjoy the podcast. Hello and welcome to Talk Nerdy to Me. I'm your host, Tessa Cheshire, and if there's one thing people know about me, it's that I love Tangled. Tangled is my favorite movie. And so I'm very excited to have a special guest here with me today to talk with me about my favorite movie. You want to introduce yourself? Yeah, hi everyone. Um, my name is Eliza Rose Greiner, and I sort of grew up um, under the feet of the animators, producers, directors, etc. at Disney Animation. Um, my mom worked there for 25 years and I went to various bring your child to work days and uh, went to work with her to help her unpin storyboards and and just you know existed in the space with all this this art happening. So it was a cool childhood and a sort of unique perspective on on how these movies are made. And Eliza is also on the second studio board with me, so we do a lot of theater-related stuff together. And actually, I think you're the first person I've had on where our positions actually really interact with each other. Hmm. Because, well, I guess Colton, because he's the artistic director, he interacts with everyone. Cool, interacts with everyone. But, <laughs> like, Spencer and I, yeah, we don't interact much in our board member Except for being, like, context. Friends. Except that we're best friends. <laughs> um, so we just interact anyways, right. and we're, like, sometimes it's the same. We just do the meetings together from my house sometimes. Um, you have. You've seen me punch Spencer during yes. a meeting. We don't um, condone violence on this show. We don't. Um, <laughs> he told me to, in my defense. Understandable. He told me to punch him, so I was just doing what was asked of me. Um... <laughs> And I, I don't even remember what my reaction was when you told me that you're, you have this, you know, close relationship with Tangled. Yeah. But it's so cool, and it's like, because I've, I've, Tangled has been my favorite movie since I can remember, really. I kind of, I got, I've always loved it since I first saw it, but I really, really got back into it, like, my junior year of high school, um, when... Or maybe it was my senior year, but whatever year it was the 10-year anniversary, I watched it again, and I hadn't watched it in a while, and I was like, this movie is so good. And then I watched the animated series. Yeah. Um, I actually don't think I've seen the which, animated series. It's not as good, but it's good. And I Mandy Moore and Zachary the, Levi are yeah. great. A, a couple of the original uh, people from the movie worked on it, I think. Yeah. If I remember correctly, Eric Goldberg's on it, but I think that sounds right to me. That sounds right to me. From like, I feel like I've seen, I saw the name in the, yeah. in the credits. I used to go to Bring a Child Work Day with his son. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, and Claire Keane probably had a hand in it too, because she did all of the, the Rapunzel art um, on the tower walls. Yeah. And then the subsequent uh, mural in the animation building that's that's there. Yeah. Of all of the, the Rapunzel drawings. Well, the thing, because the series, I, I think it was good, mm-hmm. but that movie is so hard to follow. Yeah. Um. So it's not as good, but I'll have to watch it. I'll all things considered, it's not bad. I think that its strength was that Mandy Moore and Zachary Levi came back for yeah. it, and they both. It's always good when you keep like your it talent. wouldn't have been the same. Yeah, I don't know that I would have watched it. Yeah, um, and the music was really good because who did the music? Same, Alan Menken and Glenn oh, really? Slater did the music oh, okay, for the yeah. series. 
Um, I think Tangled, the series, got Alan Menken his EGOT. Probably. That's um, right. For Waiting in the Wings. Somebody Google it. <laughs> I, I think that's just, like, a fact that I have in my brain. Um, don't quote me, I could be wrong, but I'm pretty sure he got an Emmy for original song for Waiting in the Wings, and I think that was his EGOT, because he already had the other three. Right. Yeah. Um, so, good for him. that now? the Pokemon collection of, <laughs> of awards. Yeah. But I also love that this is, um, I'm pretty sure the intention of the series and the animation style of the series was that it was supposed to be Rapunzel's drawings. Oh, that's cool. Which is really cool. They probably had Claire on then. Here, I'll, I'll Google it real quick. Because <laughs> um, in the intro, it starts in like the more 3D type animation. Mm -hmm. And it zooms into like Rapunzel's sketchbook, and it then it opens, and then the episodes happen. So I think that it's supposed to be like Rapunzel's drawings telling the story, which is cool. That is, there was a whole I just read about this. I, I guess the showrunner for the Tangled series works for like Ben Shapiro's news outlet now, and is like major right wing, which. And a lot of people who, news, yeah, a lot of yeah. a lot of people who worked on the series have like come out and been like, he was horrible boss. <laughs> they had a huge crew on this. Yeah, it was a huge, big team. Yeah, hard to you all you all have Google. You can look it up. You can look it up. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't need to rabbit hole in silence on a podcast. <laughs> Gabe will cut all of that out. Wonderful. That's I do. Wait, I've done that a lot. Gracie and I spent like. I don't know how many minutes, but like a lot of minutes Google searching about Taylor Swift and Ed Sheeran's friendship. <laughs> and then I listened to the episode and like all of the minutes of us sitting in silence being like, did you find anything? We're cut out. Did you? <laughs> We're cut out because Wonderful. nobody needed to listen to us sitting in silence scrolling through Google about how Taylor Swift like was part of how Ed Sheeran and his wife started dating. Oh my gosh. Um, which is also not relevant to this episode, but um, <laughs> this is what happens on this podcast. Welcome to Talk Nerdy to Me, the podcast where we talk about everything except the topic. The topic. <laughs> um, this is not the first time that I've talked about Tangled on this podcast. This is the first time I'm supposed to be talking about Tangled on this podcast. <laughs> um, I guess last week I, I mentioned it because I was like, next week we might talk about Tangled. Um, but I hadn't asked you yet, so I wasn't positive. So I was like, we'll see. Yeah, it worked out. This is like the one week I have time. Yeah, because you're, when do Clyde Nine rehearsals start? Monday. Oof. Yikes. Yeah. About to be busy. About to be on three separate call sheets. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Not that I'm called, but I do get them. You do get them. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we have like, in a month, Antigone's going to be over. I know. Which is weird. And then I'm going to have another project to work on, because 25 will start up. Mmm, yep. Yeah. That's... Because they start, like, right before Antigone ends, right? Yeah, I think there's a little overlap there. Yeah. Speaking of productions. Um, yeah. My, my mom was actually the production manager, so she's got a still credit, which was, I think, maybe her one and only still credit at Disney. Um, but she worked on, on various other films there, too. Um, the... The story of, of growing up in the midst of, of Tangled happening is that Tangled was a project that ha happened over a series of many years. If I remember correctly, it was something like a decade. Um, they started with a project called Rapunzel Unbraided, which was a modern retelling, not just a retelling, um, uh, in modern day, of the Rapunzel story. 
except with sort of a transformational twist. Uh, it gets a little chaotic. Um, your Rapunzel and her prince get turned into a squirrel and a dog. If I remember correctly, the dog is like a basset hound or something ridiculous. So, of course, animated, you know, floppy ears and all of that. And the yeah. squirrel is hyperactive and you can't understand what she's saying. Think like the chipmunk in Enchanted. Um, and this evil witch, it's, it's sort of very much like Enchanted. Um, the evil witch pulls two people out of the, like, real world. And one of them's like a pizza guy and the other one's, I don't remember what she is, but they then get sucked into the tale of the fairy tale as, as the prince and the princess. And the dog and the squirrel have to find their way back into their proper stories. So that was the original original storyline. Um, and then, if I remember correctly, uh, bear with me, I was like 10 at the time, probably. <laughs> um, uh, Glenn Keane, who was largely in charge of the direction of the project, um, suffered a heart attack, actually, and sort of had a reckoning and um, went back to the drawing board, so to speak, although probably literally, and um, sort of reworked the story into something more traditional. Um, and seeing some of the artwork from, from the original storyline and comparing it to the artwork that we ended up seeing when they restructured the story is kind of incredible, just in the styles. Um, I'm sure there's some out there on the internet, uh, but I can't really call any up. <laughs> I think as like I a think six year old, I had I had to sign an NDA or something. Like it's so funny. Um, that is really funny. Making yeah. a child. Mm -hmm. how, how I don't know that I signed that it. I think my work. mom. Your mom signed was it like, for you. I'll keep her mouth shut. <laughs> <laughs> I think I watched Tangled Over the Break. Mm -hmm. um, I watched it on New Year's Eve and I timed it so that the lanterns took off at midnight. Um, I do that with like a different thing every year. Um, I did, uh, year before I did, there's a show called 911 that I watch, and there's an episode <laughs> where the fire truck explodes because there's a serial bomber who plants a bomb in the truck. I timed it so that the truck exploded at midnight. That's how you wanted to start your new year? I thought it would be funny. And it was. Um, but I did a more upbeat one this, this year. <laughs> oh, but I, I, I think I saw... You're I the was... reason 2022 was so bad. <laughs> it's my fault. Um, well, I did want to ring in 2020 as well, and I think that I'm the reason 2020 was what it was. Cause what did you watch? I watched, have you ever heard of the guy who didn't like musicals? No. Okay, it's this, it's on YouTube, it's really good. Um, have you ever heard of Star Kid? They yes. did like a very, yeah, yeah. so I'm it's one sure. of their shows. And there's a line in the show where one of the characters goes, what the fuck is this shit? And I timed it so that that would happen at midnight. It's your fault. Which was, to be fair, I think it's Star Kid's fault, because they tweeted and they were like, if you start... The guy didn't like musicals at this XYZ time. So I think it's their fault. Um, and I did. Oh my god. Um, like so. Shakespeare putting real curses in his plays. I think it was my fault. Messed up. <laughs> yeah, I think it was their fault. But, anyways, I did a more upbeat one this year. You um, So hopefully, yeah. this year will be good. Fingers crossed. Knock I mean, on. so far it hasn't been horrible. Knock on wood. Yeah, mind. exactly. Um, but I, I think I was watching the credits, and I was like, I think that's Eliza's mom. Because right. I saw the last name Greiner, and yeah. I was like, that's probably Eliza's I think she's Eliza's on the mom. one with the horses, the, the guard horses. I don't remember the, the specifics. I just remember seeing the last name Greiner and yep. being like, yeah. that's she's probably Eliza's mom. She's dropped that uh, <laughs> part of it. <laughs> well, yeah. We're going to see uh, Dory Welch on things and stuff. Yeah. Yes. I think it was. Usually it's Dory or Dorinda Welch Greiner. 
yeah. and things. Look out for her credits. She's on uh, Embers and Groove and Hunchback of Notre Dame. And, uh, technically, she should have been on Bolt, but she wasn't. Then she's on Tangled. Yes. She actually stepped out of, of Tangled production, I think, to briefly take over for someone before they could get a temp in uh, while she went on maternity leave. I think that's the story. Uh, but she, she went to a couple of meetings uh, to smooth over the transition for Bolt. Um, but she is uncredited. That happens a lot in Forever this industry. So. Yeah. Oh, also Home on the Range. Uh, if really? you've ever seen that movie, yes. I have seen that movie. Yeah, that is actually one of my like favorite like vaulted Disney movies because not a lot of people know about it. And, you know, there's not that many it's Disney movies cut. with yodeling in it. There is it's yodeling a, in yeah. Tangled, I think. But, <laughs> yeah. But, uh, Briefly. yeah, I can't name another movie from, no. from Disney that has yodeling in it. So, your mom has a habit of working on yodeling movies? Yodeling movies. <laughs> <laughs> well, well. No, she, uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I think she's largely attracted to musicals, because she was, well, that's not necessarily true. She worked on Wreck-It Ralph, too. Mm. As well, not Wreck-It Ralph 2. Although, I don't remember if she worked on Wreck-It Ralph 2 or not. Did, do you think that your mom, having worked for Disney for so long, influenced your career path and that you're doing theater now? She actually started in theater. So, yeah. So, yes. She has a Master's of Fine Arts in, in directing. Um, but I think that my taste is largely influenced by growing up in that environment. And we're a family who, when we get out of the movie theater, we get in the car and we pick the movie apart. So that's the sort of the environment that I grew up in. Um, so my highly critical nature of, of arts, you can ask Scott C. Knowles, who I have traumatic lit with right now, uh, <laughs> that I have very strong opinions about things. Um, but uh, in terms of, of career path, I feel like theater is one of those things that, like, once you've had a taste, there's no getting away. Yeah. It'll always bring you kicking and screaming back. That very much <laughs> is how theater is. Yes. Yeah. That's why we're in the double major game. Or yeah. previously double Previously. Game. I stopped. <laughs> I, it's, well, I don't know if they've approved the request officially yet. But they will. They will. So, like, it's a, it's official. I'm yeah. not a do what makes you happy. I'm not a double major anymore. That's okay. I'm just in the communication game. But I'm still doing theater. I'm and doing you know, the minor. And theater I'm still... is communication is theater. Like, it's, yeah. it's all... For degrees that have no overlap in the classes you take, there's a lot of overlap in the skills that I have learned oh, in those classes. Yeah. I'm, I've probably taken a communication class every semester that had applications to theater. Yeah. And I've probably and taken a theater class every yeah. semester that had Absolutely. applications to communication. I think the people who are in theater tend to gravitate towards more like influential roles. Because I've had a lot of speakers in my classes who have talked about their experiences as like being a double major, being involved in the arts. and a lot of the consensus is that when you have been involved in the arts, whether it's to a small capacity or a large capacity, you have more of a drive to positively interact with people and you have the like soft skills to have good relationships. And theater is one of those hands-on positions where like when something drops, everyone goes to pick it up. And that's what makes leaders positive influences on the people that they're leading. I know we're, like, away from Tangled right now. Yeah, but like, we'll, we'll get back to it in a minute. <laughs> this is what but, happens. But it, it, it has to do with the art form itself. I mean, a lot of the people who got into animation, specifically, were theater people. Mm -hmm. um, you know, 
and Alan Menken writes musicals, writes musicals, writes movie musicals. Like it's it's yeah. all in the same wheelhouse, and there's a large amount of overlap when it comes to that. Um, well, even here, like I find people that are in our theater program that mm -hmm. have all of these other practical skills yeah. for other careers in the entertainment industry. Absolutely. And then I meet people in my other classes who they the way that they public speak and the way that they interact with people, you think like, oh my god, you need to be a director. Like, yeah. Or, oh my god, you could be a stage manager so easily. Well, like, a good amount of my coworkers were theater kids in high school. Yeah. They're not in the theater program here, but like Aspen, the editor-in-chief, did theater. Mm -hmm. Shari did theater. Emily did theater. Tons of People who are listening to this podcast, you know, the University Journal gang, you'll know who I'm talking about. But a lot of us who are communicating, a lot of comm majors yeah. have backgrounds in theater. Absolutely. I've, I've found as being a comm major with a yeah. background in theater, um, which has been really interesting. And I'm sure that that in some way is true of a lot of the majors at this school specifically because yeah. the Shakespeare competition is and the festival is such a big draw to yeah. this school. Absolutely. Well, if... if people, if this makes it into the podcast, if people listening ha can learn anything about, like, the application of, of art in your everyday life, uh, the connections that you make in college and in high school can last you forever. Yeah. They can provide you opportunities for things that you never thought about. My mom got the job at Disney because a friend of hers knew a friend of someone else. And, you know, the, she, she went to high school with the person who is now the head of Paramount Sound. Yeah. And their friends. Yeah. Randy's bad love. He, he used to throw toga parties, apparently, I guess. <laughs> his, like, pool house or whatever. So, like, there's, yeah. there's... People are the most finite resource, especially in art. And having those soft skills is, is hugely important for being successful in practically anything you're doing. Yeah. Well, I've already found those kinds of connections. Oh, yeah. You know, in college. I'm almost halfway through yeah. my, my degree. And... I, I've made those connections. Yes. Even just, at, especially in like journalism, you know, I, I interviewed Derek Charles Livingston over at the Shakespeare Festival and he like gave me all these resources. And like those are resources that I could totally utilize in my professional career when I'm done with college. You gotta, you gotta place some investment in the relationships that you build at this time of your life. You can't, oh, yeah. you can't afford to be petty and throw them away. Yeah. Like, the number of random connections that I've had with people, I'm a ridiculously well-connected person. Like, Peter is friends with the guy who wrote Marvelous Wonderettes. Yeah. He went to college with my mom. That's crazy. Yeah. I have a lot of those, not here, but in Albuquerque, there's a lot of those kinds of connections. We call, Albuquerque's like the biggest city in New Mexico. Yeah. But we call it Smallbuquerque. Because everyone knows each other. Because everyone right? knows each yeah. other. And if you, you meet someone you don't know, you know someone who knows them. Yeah. And I have a really big family, so I'll meet someone who I've never met before in my life, and they'll be like, are you related to Chad Cheshire? And I'm like, that's my cousin. <laughs> Shout out, Chad. Um, I don't know why I chose you of all of the cousins, but <laughs> I chose you of all of the cousins. But I get asked that regularly. Yeah. I mean, I you have, have do have, like, the world's coolest last name, too. It's so cool. <laughs> I, I don't care who I, if I ever get married, I'm keeping my last name. As you should. Because it's so cool. Yeah. Why would I change it? Unless somehow I married someone with a cooler, cooler last, last name. name. But then you hyphenate. Then I, yeah, but I don't want to hyphenate. Fair enough. Well, also, a lot of from, like, a really career or professional stuff. standpoint... If I want to be a journalist, yeah. I'm probably going to be writing under... Yeah. And you can change that. You, you can, you change, can change, change it, your, but... Yeah. Whatever. That's what my sister's doing, because she's already... She's getting married. You could do Cheshire Cheshire. 
She's getting married in, in uh, July, mm -hmm. and she's keeping Cheshire because she's already... Yeah. And she likes it better than... And you have everything established under that name, too. Yeah. Like, and she likes it better than she likes her fiancé's last name. And then they'll hyphenate for their kids. Yeah. That makes um, sense. Is their kind of game plan. Although, that's going to be a long last name. Kind of a cruel kids. thing to do to a child. I know. Cheshire, a lot of letters to learn. Cheshire <laughs> Shapiro. Ooh, Shapiro? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. Right. Another reason it's a choice. She's, she's keeping Cheshire. <laughs> um, no offense, Jake, if you're listening. <laughs> Love you. Can't wait for you to be part of my family. Um, anyways, back to Tangled. Uh, um, I'd love to talk about the plot a little bit. Absolutely. I love the plot of that movie. I I think Eugene Fitzherbert is the best Disney prince. Like, genuinely. Yeah, he's definitely got one of the best arcs. Yeah, like a lot of them are very two level, like especially the earlier two dimensional. Ones. Yeah, but I really think him and and Kristoff. Yeah, the most. Recent. I think I think I have to say that like with Tangled two, or uh, with uh, Frozen two, yeah, um, with Frozen two, I definitely found Kristoff's character to be more appealing. I think because the issue with Tangled and the reason that it's not going to get a second is because the story is complete. Yep. And there's not a whole lot of directions that you can go from there. Yeah. And so, like, Flynn can't really have a whole lot of character growth. And it would be sort of disingenuous if you tried to, like, force one. Yeah. He becomes a fully fleshed person, but he still has that, like, rambunctious element at the mm -hmm. end. Well, and if you watch the series, they keep a lot of those elements. I should have done my homework. <laughs> I should have watched the series. I, and, um, I don't know, man. Do you, do you mind a small spoiler of the series? Oh, no, go ahead. Eugene becomes the captain of the guard. Which is an interesting choice, because he goes from being a thief, right. wanted, um, to being the captain. Because the captain has to step down for XYZ reasons, right. plot, plot stuff. Um, and he chooses Eugene because the only person who really would know how to catch the thieves is someone who thinks, like, someone one. Who thinks yeah. like one. And that's the whole, he like becomes, he first becomes, he's not in the guard at any mm -hmm. point. He tries to be, but then he gets fired because he's really bad at following orders. But then he gets kind of, he like needs a job. He's like, I'm bored. Yeah. I can't just hang out in the castle. And so he like helps train the guard mm -hmm. to think like thieves. And then he becomes the captain, which is really interesting. Huh. Interesting. It was an interesting progression for his character to go yeah. in. Um, and I also think that Eugene and Maximus are, like, the ultimate enemies to friends storyline. Because by the end of the movie, they're, like, they're tight. Yeah. They're pals. And in the beginning, they <laughs> literally... Maximus straight up tries to kill Eugene. He does. Yeah, with a knife. Yeah. <laughs> and other occasions. Oh my gosh. Okay. I just thought of a story. So, technically, I don't think I'm supposed to talk about what I saw in meetings, but you know what? It's been over 10 years. Um, so, when they're doing approvals for animation shots, they they have the, the scenes that they're pitching, or they're, they're trying to get approved, up on a big screen so everyone can see. And uh, whoever's doing the approving, typically like your producer, director, I don't remember who it was, um, they have a little bell. And when the scene gets approved, they hit the bell. And that scene next then goes to the next piece in the pipeline. And I think it was lighting that we were doing. Um, and I guess some of the animators were messing around uh, because the scene where 
Flynn is running through the forest, and he jumps over the log and hides behind the log and then looks up, right, with all the arrows flying. Yeah. When he... The animators had made it a, a joke version of it, where he jumps over the log, and then he looks up, and he's got an arrow through the head. <laughs> Except it wasn't just, like, an arrow through the head. He had, like, the little headband part of, like, when people have the costumes yeah. with the fake arrow through the head. And and uh, the person was like, okay, I'm going to hit this bell, but you better take that out. <laughs> and they're like, yeah, 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 we know. That this is a good really laugh. funny. Yeah. Yeah. When I... I, I kind of feel like Eugene would be the kind of guy to just have that on hand. True. <laughs> Absolutely. If he has to, like, pretend to be dead. Yeah. If he gets caught. That reminds me of the scene in Zootopia when she, like, puts the ketchup on herself. Yeah! <laughs> That's a good movie, too. That's a great movie. Um, I, I, and I, I'm gonna stick, stick on the Eugene thread for a minute, yeah. and then I'll move Let's. on, but I do love him. I think Zachary Levi is like the perfect choice to play that role absolutely voice that role and i i I've, i think yeah, i might have said this to you at some point but i like i know i've said it to people i think if i could choose any person in hollywood to have the career of it would be zachary levi because he was cool a disney prince he's in the mcu he's a dc hero he was on broadway nominated for a tony award he had his own show for a while he had chuck, his, chuck yeah. i have you seen chuck i've seen Chuck. it's phenomenal i love chuck. i love that show it's yeah. one it's probably my one of my top tv shows of all time comfort shows um, and also made me sob like a baby. Yeah. Um, but I also feel all that success that he has had, mm -hmm. I feel like he could walk down the street with some sense of anonymity. Yeah. And there are sunglasses, and yeah. you probably wouldn't be able to tell and him. You, and apart. he'd be perfectly fine. Yeah. That if I, I don't, I don't think I could ever be famous. That sounds yeah. so stressful. But if I were to be, I would want to be able to walk down the street. Yeah. The problem is, I don't think he could order at a fast food place. That's true. Like he wouldn't be able to to speak. And not be recognized. He could do a mobile order. So he has a very, he could do a mobile order. Yeah, he has a very distinctive voice. He does. There's something about it. It's yeah. It's almost like nasal quality. Yeah. No, I know what you mean. He yeah. could mobile order. That's yeah. technology has advanced us to yes. the point that yeah, he could probably it. just mobile order, Starbucks walk in, order, grab or... his drink, and like nod his head and walk yeah, away. Exactly. Yeah. Um, but he could walk down the street. I think. Yeah. And not be swarmed by people. and Or paparazzi. Yeah. Well, people... Have you ever heard the story of Marilyn Monroe? Which... In, in New York City. In yeah. Angeles, where she turned to whoever she was with and said, something along the lines of, do you want to see me become her? And she went from not being recognizable to changing her bearing in such a way that people started asking, oh, can I take a photograph? Like, hi, Marilyn. Da, 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 da. Like, yeah. they knew who she was by the way that she carried herself. There are a lot of celebrities that I've come across where I I didn't recognize them for their celebrity status, but I did recognize them for having seen them before. Mm -hmm. Of like, okay, side tangent. Speaking of being ridiculously well-connected, at the Wreck-It Ralph rap party that I went to with my mother, I walked my little butt up to John C. Riley, the star of the movie, mm -hmm. and said, I know you. And my mother said, you do? <laughs> because he lived in my neighborhood at the time. And I had seen him hiking. That's crazy. While I was doing a photo shoot for a friend of my dad's. And, uh, yeah, I was having a conversation with him because he was like, oh, what were you doing? Like, I remember, like, from hiking, like, what were you doing up there? And I was like, oh, we were doing a photo shoot, da, da, da. And I was like, oh, what did you do on the movie? He's like, oh, I was one of the voices. And I was like, one of the voices. Oh. And he's like, yeah, I, I played Rocket Ralph. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, all right. 
And then he started naming other movies that he's been in, and I haven't seen that many of them. And then halfway through him listing, like, oh, Step Brothers and, and whatever, right? I go, oh, my God, I recognize you. And he goes, oh, so you've seen a couple. And I said, you're the guy from Chicago. <gasps> the look on this man's face. I don't think I've seen anything like it ever before. That's... It was so funny. So funny. Because he was like, oh, my God, there's this kid. Because I looked like a kid at the time. I yeah, was a kid at the time. Like, how old have you been? <sighs> when did Ralph, Ralph come out? I'll Google it. Yeah, do. Um... But he's like, this kid has seen, one, seen Chicago, and it two... It was 2012. I was 13 at the time. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> and my mom is standing there dumbfounded, right? Because he was just sitting there talking to, like, the directors of the film, and I just sort of interrupted them as yeah. a 13-year-old. Um, and she, the woman who works at the company, didn't know him, but I, the kid who saw him hiking, did. That's really funny. Yeah, so... But I, I, he just looks like a little guy. Like, it, he's super sweet. And there were people who were fangirling behind me. And uh, at some point in the conversation, I was like, well, I should let you go. And he was like, wait, no. Because <laughs> he could see the girls who were, like, about to ask for a signature or a picture. Yeah. Or and I didn't even get a picture with him. Well, of all the I didn't even ask. recognize him from. Chicago. That's the most theater Hiking. major thing yeah. of you. Um, yeah. That's <laughs> really funny. I, I love that. My uncle is a writer, um, and he, he does a lot of, he writes for a lot of, like, scripted fighting nowadays. Oh, interesting. Because, like, you make, like, MMA. MMA stuff, yeah. Yeah, because you make good money doing that. Yeah. Um, but he's, he's done a lot of other stuff and written for a lot of TV series. Um, and he told me this story once. He was so, like, casual about it. Because I was mentioned, I mentioned that I had watched Chuck, and Matt yeah. Bomer was in Chuck. Um, and, uh... My uncle, I guess, is friends with Joe Manganiello. Oh, okay. And I guess Joe Manganiello and Matt Bomer were out together for dinner. And my uncle was also out for dinner and saw and was like, hey, it's my good friend Joe Manganiello. <laughs> and walked up to say hi and, like, met Matt Bomer. And it wasn't, like, a meeting Matt Bomer celebrity interaction. Yeah, it, it was, was a, just a hey, hey yeah. this is my friend Matt. Yeah. This is my friend Stevie. Let's, you guys should meet each other. Do you know who Tim Roth is? Yeah. So I met him because I recognized Quentin Tarantino in a Thai food restaurant in Hollywood. <laughs> and I, we, we, I was with, there with my rock band, my high school rock band, and we, yeah, anyway, <laughs> uh, we walked up to him and we were like, Mr. Tarantino, hi. And he's like, hi guys. And we were like, can we get a picture? And he's like, no, I'd like to be able to come to this place again. Um, and he's like, this is Tim Roth. And I was like, oh, I know who you are. <laughs> I know who you are. I just, like, had freshly watched Lie to Me, which is one of, it's also a great underrated show, sort of along the lines of, of Chuck. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, it was one of those blinking in the sun moments of, of, wow, I live in Hollywood, don't I? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. It's the it's the it's it's the degrees of separation. It too. is. It totally is, and I am fully confident that I am connected with every single person. Like it, it there's. I think I am too. Yeah. My uncle. Yeah. He. Well, he, I fill in the rest. I guess. My uncle has worked with Ben Stiller. <laughs> That's crazy. Yeah. Um, wrote, do you know Amelia? Amelia Lute. Yeah. Yeah. Her dad also is ridiculously connected in the movie industry because he used to be a, a grip and oh and yeah all hands on deck kind of guy for for film. Yeah, I'm trying to figure out. My uncle wrote a movie Ben Stiller was in. I want to say, I don't. Um, 
Um, ben Stiller is another one of those ones that I always get confused with other celebrities of the same facial type, I think. I th- well, I think his parents are famous. Ben Stiller? I think maybe. The Stillers? That sounds But like I might be wrong. <laughs> but, um... No, I'm looking at his filmography. Because I'm, like, I'm so sure my uncle wrote, like, either a movie or a TV show that he, like, starred in. Yeah. Um... See. Starsky and Hutch, I think. Oh, snap. I think okay. my uncle worked on that. Alrighty. That's um, a big one. Yeah. Well known. Yeah. Um, but anyways, point being, those connections are crazy. Yeah. People's connections are wild. Yeah. I was just like, and he'll, like, he brings it up so casually. Yeah. He'll be like, oh yeah, I know, um, oh God, what are their names? Um, Robert Anderson and Christian Anderson Lopez. Robert Robert Lopez and yeah. Christian Anderson Lopez from Frozen. Mm-hmm. He like knows, and he mentioned it so casually. And yeah, I was like that's not. Yeah, my a mom casual, does that all the time, and that's it's not so a casual connection. No, that's yeah, award-winning mm-hmm. music oh, yeah. composers and lyricists, and yeah, that's crazy. Are you kidding me? Yeah. Or maybe, and he knows like the the woman who wrote the script for Frozen through, like, they have, like, the same, his agent is friends with mm-hmm. her agent because they're both writers, and yeah. so they are connected in that way, and he was talking about, like, Frozen on Broadway, because this conversation happened, like, mm-hmm. September 2020, and so a lot of stuff was shut down, yeah. and he was talking about how his friend's careers are being like, impacted by it mm. and his career is being impacted by it um it's crazy yeah um back to tangled <laughs> um rapunzel and eugene part of why i love their relationship so much and why i think they're one of the best dynamics of a disney mm. couple is that i feel like rapunzel's happiness and her happy ending was not reliant on him but they saved each other yes he saved him he saved her from a lifetime of being locked in that tower so and here's a fun she saved him from literal death yeah here's a fun little tidbit um they were originally supposed to get married at the end of the movie um part of the reason that they didn't i will assert and I don't know if this is in memory banks of the people who were involved in these conversations, but when they originally pitched stories, a lot of the people who work on the projects are allowed to sit in on those meetings, those pitch meetings. And my mother, I get my nosy and fingers and all of the pies from her, was at those meetings to give feedback because she was a valuable voice and always had things to say. And her major comment was, they wouldn't get married. They wouldn't get married that quickly. No. You need to show some passage of time or don't have them do it. Break the tradition. You're already doing something different with having her take the power role. Yeah. And not have to be masculine in it. Because a lot of the movies before then, the women are totally outshadowed by the men in the situation. Yep. And, like, I'm trying to think of a single princess who was as spunky as she was. And we didn't we didn't get another one of those until Princess and the Frog. Yeah, Princess and the Frog came out before it was before Tangled. Yeah, or, or, or Frozen rather. Frozen, yeah. Yeah, because I remember Princess and the Frog being in the pod next to Tangled at one point and getting they were, to see would have been working. Yeah, on it the same they were. Time. I think Princess and the Frog time. came out before. 
by a little bit? I am not sure. I, I feel like it was after. Princess and the Frog was 2009, and Tangled was 2010. Okay. So, yeah, but, but they, they were being worked on yes. at the same time. Yes. A lot of things were worked on at the same time. Yeah, that's how animation yeah. oh, yes. works, because animation takes... Well, and it, it wasn't just the animation, it and was the change in the story, story. and yeah. I think it went through, like, three different rewrites, or something crazy like that. Yeah. Yeah. But, um... Well, then, I don't know if this is true, or if this is something I just heard, but you might know. Mm-hmm. Is it true that by the time they had the actual, like, story finalized that they were going to go with, they didn't have a lot of time to actually make the movie? Um, I mean, it was a, a compressed schedule. That's, And yeah. that was one of the things that my mom was working on, because as a production manager, we deal with timelines and stuff. Yeah. Um, I'd have to ask her again, and I'm literally supposed to be on the phone with her in a half hour. But, uh, <laughs> but yeah, they... Obviously, the company, there was push from the company to finish the movie because they had taken so long. Yeah. Um, but the nice thing about Disney is a lot of the time, well, previously a lot of the time, it was do it right or don't do it at all. Yeah. And, like, if you're if you're going to do it, take the time. And you can't really argue with a giant like Glenn Keane when he says it's got to be a different way. Yeah. Glenn Keane was the originator of the Beast. Yeah. Of Ariel. Those, those drawings. It, I was told the story... You know, whether it's true or just a tall tale or whatever. The original design for the Beast of Beauty and the Beast was drawn on a napkin. Or something like that. A sketch during a meeting or, or something sort of offhand. And that was that was what sealed the deal on that design. Um, but you don't really argue with a power like Glenn Keane. Yeah, no. No. And and his daughter actually worked on the film too, Claire yeah. Keane. Uh, she did a lot of the like texture work and costuming, and she did the designs for the paintings on the inside of the tower. Um, she used to babysit me sometimes. Uh, her office was super cool. She had all kinds of like material swatches up on the walls That's um, cool. for costuming and stuff. Yeah, she's a force to be reckoned with too. Oh yeah. Yeah. That's what I've super heard. Super kind. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, which is so it's just so cool that. You have those connections. Um, Roy Connolly was sort of kit- kitty corner to my mom's office, and when the <laughs> when the Tangled Wii game came out, oh my gosh, he had been working on it for a while um, because he's one of the you know deciding factors. I'm not sure how that worked, but um, I was in the studio and he like told my mom to bring me by and he gave me a copy of the Tangled Wii game and I played through it. Um, it was enjoable, like as a something-year-old. I don't remember. I, I would probably fun. enjoy it now as you a 20-year-old. You probably would, because I love... Yeah, it, I remember there was like some element of collection. I was going to say something else, but I just remembered, and now my brain's only going to focus on... Uh, sure. I haven't mentioned yet my tattoo. Oh, yeah. I, I have a tattoo of the Lanterns from Tangled that I got in November, and I've wanted it since I was probably 16, 17, because, um, like I said favorite movie mm-hmm. um and I I kind of I wanted it since before I was old enough to get a tattoo and then it took me like two years after I was old enough to get a tattoo to actually get it because I was scared <laughs> Understandable. and my sister went with me and she lives in Denver so it was there were so many other times where we were like oh maybe we'll do the tattoo on this trip but then schedules didn't work out because yeah. she lives in Denver and I live here and we probably were going to do it in Albuquerque, which we did. Um, So it was just a nightmare to figure out. Logistics are always the worst part of a tattoo. Like, Um, the pain is fine, but getting it planned is horrible. It was totally fine. Yeah. Like, 
I got the COVID booster last weekend, two weekends ago. I don't remember. Last Ugh. weekend. Um, and I was more anxious for that, even though it didn't hurt. But, like, I was more anxious for that than I, like, I sat for 45 minutes and got a tattoo. Yeah. And I was, like, holding Gracie's hand yeah. while getting the COVID booster because I was so anxious about it. Like, COVID booster messed me up last oh, time I had one. I, I was out for, like, two days. It. I just was really sore, and then, like, the the night of and the morning after were really rough, but then I was fine. I felt like I was going to throw up 100% of the time afterwards. <laughs> it was terrible. That's, yeah. Yeah. The worst part is that I had to dress up as a pirate and go to an event with, an event with a friend's dad then the next day. I got the, um, the original vaccine. I got my second shot, like, the day before my last day of senior year of high school. Ooh. And then I had to, like, take finals, and, like, I, because I did broadcast news in high school yeah and we had to film our final broadcast and I like felt so feverish and awful but I was like this is my last broadcast I have to be there for it Uh, it was awful it was a nightmare I got it done I got through it but it was terrible Uh, um but this one wasn't as bad which thank god and and we did it on with the three-day weekend so that we would have time time to recover yeah took us out but luckily we were we were pretty okay. Yeah. Um, I, well, I can't speak for Spencer or Gracie, but I, we all, we like hung out afterwards and like seemed like we were fine. And I hung Booster out with Gracie party. like the next day and like yeah. we were fine. But yeah, that hurt more than getting my yeah. tangled tattoo. The internal pain sucks. Um, and I have literally right, like I have my tangled um, Yeti that my aunt got me for Christmas. That's super cute. And I have a tangled keychain that one of my friends got me. And I have tangled stickers on my laptop and one of my water bottles and my literal, my mini fringe has tangled stickers on it. Like, you just have to, and I have pins. I have tangled enamel pins that I got at Disneyland when I went two years ago. Um, yeah, I have, I have got a couple really cute little ones when I was there. I went, um, with my cousin the summer between high school and college. Um, it was kind of a, honestly, because I could not afford to do that now. To Disneyland? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, because in high school you have so many less expenses than you do in college. So that was my last, like, yeah. trip where I didn't have to worry about money. Yeah. And then I, I went to college, like, yeah. later that month. I think I went in, like, August. And then... You should let me know if you're ever going to come down to California again. Because I do have a couple of connections that might be interesting for you to follow up on. I'm going in spring for spring break. I'm staying here <laughs> next time. What the heck, my man? My aunt lives like 15 minutes from Disneyland, but I'm not. We're not. Go- I'm going to a show in LA, but mm-hmm. I'm staying with my aunt. Yeah. Who like drives past Disneyland when she goes to the grocery store? Um, so that's I stayed with her when I went. Yeah. Um, in 2021, like I went in August, and then I started school in September of 2021 started college um that was a because I got back from that trip and then I drove with my sister Anna to Tulsa to drop her off there um for her senior year and then I flew from Tulsa to Phoenix and moved Katie from Phoenix to Denver um and drove yeah with all her stuff from Phoenix to Denver and then flew back to Albuquerque and then like, a week and a half later, was driving to Cedar to start college. Wow, you packed it in tight. It was a lot of travel within, yeah. like, three weeks. I always do that to myself. Um, which, they were, like, 
because my dad needed the time off to take me to school, mm-hmm. and he was also he also he drove to uh, or flew to Phoenix also to help Katie move, and he drove the U-Haul, and Katie and I drove Katie's car, um, and so he had to take the time off for that. So I took Anna, and then yeah. also helped Katie, and then Katie and I got a flat tire. Oh, and so I ended up having to stay in Denver overnight. My dad and I were originally we were gonna we drove from Albuquerque from Phoenix to Albuquerque and stayed there overnight. Because going Phoenix to Denver in one drive was ridiculous. Yeah. Um, and then we drove from Albuquerque to Denver. But, like, an hour out, we got a flat and had to go back to Albuquerque and, like, call around to find a tire that would work for Katie's car. And then we had to wait for the tire to be changed. And so by the time we got to Denver, and Katie was like, I can just go by myself. And my mom was like, no. Because my mom is really anxious about that kind of stuff. And so I had to stay the night in Katie and Jake's apartment before they were, so I was their first overnight guest, a little, that's fun, but they, like, it was Katie's first night in the apartment, too. And, uh, I'm sure that they were not happy about that. To have third wheel there, I guess. Yeah. Um, but, and then I, like, flew out the next night. Yeah. But, I I mean, I helped them move some stuff. You're not a third wheel, you're a sidekick. Yeah. (laughs) Well, really, Jake was the third wheel. True. Because Katie and I have been around Katie my whole life. Katie's only been around Jake for however many years they've been together. Three? Two and a half. Two, two-ish. How many take a shot every time I say back to Tangle? Yes, yeah. Um, uh, nothing, so I choose life. We haven't talked about Mother Gothel. We haven't. Donna no. Murphy. Oh my god. Thank you. <sighs> Seriously. How does a woman like that exist? Carefully. Yeah. Yeah. Well, actually, sort of with reckless abandon. Um, (laughs) Well, I remember sitting in one of the meetings, and the way that they talked about her, they they were also as absolutely in love with her as we are. Yeah. Um, And who isn't? In the, like, growl that she does, the... Yeah. Sorry, that was terrible. I don't know how these mics pick up singing. Anyway, (laughs) um, the the growl that she does for Mother's Knows Best, the way that they painstakingly... Like, they watched the video of her doing it, and then they tried to animate it on Mother Gothel's face so that you could see the growl in her articulation, in her speech. Which, it just, the attention to detail that that studio has is just incredible. You think, like, oh my god, they must have thought of everything. And you're correct. Yeah, didn't, like... isn't some weren't some of Rapunzel's mannerisms modeled after the way Mandy Moore held herself? Usually they they do like that. A lot They've of been the time. doing that since the dawn of Disney. Yeah, I so. just remember seeing like a side by side of her recording yeah. dialogue and the scene, and she and Rapunzel are both like hugging themselves. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was like they definitely got that from yeah. the way she looked and held herself when she was recording yeah. her dialogue. Well, they they painstakingly etch out every little detail. So yeah. like the little Easter eggs you think you see, yeah, you're seeing them. Yeah. They go to the, like, zoom in all the way to the person's iris and make sure that the reflection is the right direction. Like, I remember in Big Hero 6, if you look in um, uh, Hero's eyes, you could see Tadashi mm. at one point. It's That's kind of really insane. cool. Yeah. Yeah. So Animation is so cool. It's so cool. And the thing is, there are so many studios that don't take the time and, and painstakingly do it. Like, if you look... At Disney, the thing that you will notice about the animation style that you won't notice about other animation studios, and they're starting to notice this at other animation studios, so this may not be correct moving forward, but a lot of animation studios forget to animate the breathing. Hmm. They get the blinking okay, 
but the breathing isn't quite there. And with Disney, they painstakingly do that. You can see when the character takes a breath because they need it before doing a note in a song. Like, the breathing is the aspect of, especially the, the newer styles of animation, that set them apart from other computer gra graphics. Um, so, just keep an eye out for that next time you're watching an animated movie. You'll, you'll notice some of them are like, why does this feel sort of uncanny valley, sort of rigid? It's because they're not really breathing the, the way that they should be. That's or really at all in some cases. Yeah. One of the things about Tangled's animation that is so cool to me is the use of light. Mm -hmm. And not just in the I See the Light scene, which obviously that scene is stunning. Yeah. But I, I noticed, I was looking at like frame by frame like screenshots of the movie. And in the scene that go, it goes from like when Eugene dies to when he's brought back, mm -hmm. it's the same scene. Yeah. Couple minutes apart. And the lighting is completely different. Yeah. And it looks like gray and dark and bleak when he's dead. And it's so cool. Well, the, the reason that that feels so alive is because they don't just hire, like, animators to do the whole thing. Like, you think of animation and you think, okay, there's a person who's doing the animations, right? Yeah. It's not one person. So there are people who do, like, the rigging aspect of the characters. There are people that do the, like, skin aspect of the characters. So then they'll pass that from grayscale, essentially, in 3D model, to the people who are the lighters and the colorists and all of that. And so the people who have lighting and, and color theory under their belts, extremely niche, extremely narrowed skill sets, go in and painstakingly do it all by hand. Yeah, that's and yeah. her hair. I'm I'm astounded, like the amount of hair that they had to animate. So there are there are two major movies that were sort of groundbreaking in Disney's recent history. One of them was Rapunzel, and the other one was Moana. Um, you can start to see them experiment with water in the short film Piper, but for Moana, they had to create a whole new program for dealing with water um, to make the water feel alive. And there was all kinds of meetings about how do we make the, wa the water wave at her, right? And all of that stuff. Um, but with Tangled, it was the hair. It was the articulation of the hair and, and how it glowed. And um, it, there were so many discussions. I remember hearing uh, about how they're doing the hair. And essentially, I, if I remember correctly, it's basically like particle generation, the way that they did the hair. So... So there cool. were sections of it that were considered one being and but then there were sections of it that were smaller that were considered one being and like it was largely um generated by computer like chance almost um i don't really do computers so i don't really know how that works but there were lots of discussions about how to do there um and essentially in animation, a lot of the time, they have uh, coders and computer technology people and all of that who genuinely create the programs that they're using from the ground up. And so when you have a, a movie like Moana where you want the water to be super realistic, but you don't want it to be out of the world, you have to come up with something that works that way that animators can play with in the same way that they play with a rigged model of a character when they're animating. Yeah. Um, cool yeah it's 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 fascinating so cool. and i'm sure there are videos out there there are all kinds of people talking about how they did it and and it's they are groundbreaking every day yeah they they come up with new stuff every day a lot of the time it's someone having a crazy kooky idea and just going for it
that is. I also, I saw this video, it was talking about, like, the logistics and of, of her hair in, like, a real-life application. Oh, she'd snap her neck. Well, they actually found that maybe she would be able to hold up the hair. Yeah. But it would get so dirty. Yeah. Like, her hair would well, she be... she says brush in, brush in, brush. Yeah, but when she <laughs> leaves the tower... Yes. ...and she's running around, her hair would get so full of dirt and leaves yeah. and insects and weeds. My thing is, like, her hair glows and heals people. Why is, like, sticks and leaves what we're drawing the line of... I know. Well, that's why I'm like, just your disbelief. Yeah. Let's just... Her hair also when she sings, it cleans clean. itself. Sure, but I do think that it's funny to think about that. Yeah. Um, also, logic. that all of those like seventy feet of hair fits in that braid. That, mm-hmm. like, yeah, it would be a little shorter. Yeah. But it wouldn't be. That's what happens when you have a room of predominantly men trying to decide what happens with a woman's hair. Yeah. <laughs> they were like, we need to get it. Yeah. Out of the way. It yeah. could fit in that braid. Mm-hmm. Like that's a thick braid. Yeah. But be heavy. That yeah, would murder be, weapon. That would, I feel like the braid would be heavier Screw than the just the hair can. out. Just whip that around. Yeah. I feel like her head would be so sore from the braid. Yeah. My um, scalp feels sore from my ponytail I put in this morning. Yeah. <laughs> like, exactly. I can't imagine how she feels. A bra- And she, like, probably never wore her hair up before, before that point. Yeah. I don't know. I feel it like hurt. she should learn how to braid. I feel like she In the series, she, she does. Oh, good. So, and she also never wears shoes. Yeah. And she, like, makes a point, because they make her wear shoes at one point, because they're like, you're a princess. And then she takes off the shoes, and she's like, I'm not going to wear shoes. No. Because why would she wear shoes? Yeah. Um, although, again, suspension, she just heals her feet, I guess. But her feet would get so cut up, too. Yeah. She also, like, wouldn't have a lot of callus to her foot, having only been in the tower. Yeah. So. My thing is... When you have that much hair, you know when you get a haircut and you, like, take off a significant amount and your head just feels lighter all of a sudden? Yeah. I feel like with that much hair, she'd fall over forwards. When he cuts when it? When he cuts it off. She would just flop. Yeah, because the counterweight that she has to put against it to hold herself up, wouldn't she yeah. just fall flat on her face? Like, that bothers me more than the sticks and leaves. I, this is my, and this is probably a good, a good note to end on. My, <laughs> my hot take that's like, I guess an unpopular opinion, but I think I'm right. And I uh-huh. think that everyone should have this opinion. A lot of people have a problem with how short he cuts her hair. Oh. I'm like, one, he was literally about to die. It's not like he had the, the luxury to be picky about it. Two, her hair was a symbol of her oppression. Her hair was the reason she got kidnapped. Yeah. Do you not think that having it gone and that short is a sign of empowerment and freedom and that she's finally free from the oppression and yeah and the captivity that she has lived her entire life in because of her hair. The other thing is, man's it's, dying. How far down do you want him to reach? Yeah, it's like... <laughs> he's not going to think about that. Yeah, like he he's dying. Cut him some slack. But regardless of that, it's a symbol. Yeah. It's a symbol. Also, man did a great job layering. Come on Like, now. it looks great. <laughs> and in the... In the series, she gets her hair back, which is oh, a, mm, it's a okay. well. Here, there's a plot point because she cuts it's short again Spoiler by the end. Spoiler alert, I guess. Spoiler alert. <laughs> but then she gets it back in the first episode. Oh, understand. Um, because they were like, I think probably from a aesthetic perspective, aesthetic and like mm-hmm. marketing standpoint, they probably needed her to have the long blonde hair. But in the end of the series, and I guess another spoiler alert for the series, she cuts it herself. Oh, which I, I love. love. That. That's that's well and on she brand cuts for what it, they were trying and to do. And she cuts it that length herself. 
And in a similar, I think she maybe uses like a broken rock or something, but in a yeah. similar like yeah. moment of I'm not letting you win. Also, her hair doesn't heal, it just grows back. Huh, interesting. It's because she's the sun drop. Right. So yeah. her hair grows back, but for some reason she still doesn't have the healing powers. That's weird. It's weird. It's complicated. There's also a moonstone in the series. There's the I sun and the moon. Watch that. Right? <laughs> I'll watch it with you. We can have a little viewing party. That's good. You know, sometime but, in my next no minutes spared. Yeah, me too. Because after Antigone closes and Cloud Nine closes and Spelling Bee closes in You mean when the semester ends? The end of the semester. Yeah. And so I'm the going titles. back to Albuquerque. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. That's when we'll have time. True. Weekends. Anyways. <laughs> in conclusion. Watch Tangled. Yeah. It's so good. You won't regret it. It's a great movie. Uh, you'll notice new things every time you watch it. I've seen that movie, like, I couldn't even tell you how many times I've seen that movie, but it's a lot of times. I could probably quote it word for word while watching if I oh, if I wanted to. Yeah. I still notice, like, new things when mm-hmm. I watch it. Not every time, I don't think, but I notice new things. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. There were there were more bar characters originally designed that thugs, didn't make more it pub in. thugs. More thugs. Yeah. There I were, loved those little there guys. They were absolutely like fully flushed out with like all their little quirks and whatever their little dream was. Yeah. But they 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 highlighted a couple of them. Yeah. I love the pub thugs. Yeah. I caught a dream is iconic. Such a good yeah. I was in one of the meetings for for one of the approvals, but it was just the first line of the song. I'm malicious, mean, and scary. My grin, my sneer could curdle dairy. And violence wise my hands But that was it. The cleanest. Oh, the next Just line the... was not included. That's how short the clips were that they were approving. That's crazy. That is how short and bite-sized they did it. Yeah. One thing at a time. That's yeah. so cool. And I, the only reason I remember that the tune so clearly is because they replayed, replayed it over and over and over and over again because they would watch the scenes, like... To make sure they were catching everything? Everything. Everything. A million times. And then, and then... Glenn would pause, like, to the frame, right? And then go, okay, I want this. And he'd take, like, a Wacom tablet or something and a pen. Not a pen, but, like, the, the tablet pen. And literally sketch over the, the thing. He'd be looking up at the big screen, and he'd have the Wacom in his lap, and he would sketch on the Wacom without looking down. That's insane. On the screen, essentially. And it, the, draw, the way that he drew, it was like 15 seconds, and you could tell exactly what it was and exactly what he was going for. Absolutely nuts. The skill on that man is in, uh, remarkable. That's, yeah, incredible. Yeah. Anyway, we were trying to conclude, but I thought about that. <laughs> Tune in next week on Talk Nerdy to Me. I'm not sure what I'm talking about next. Um, Last week we did everything everywhere all at once. Have you seen that movie? I haven't yet. I have the free 30-day trial. Do you want to watch it this weekend before you start rehearsals? Maybe. Well, we'll I'll text you. We'll text. Stand by on that. <laughs> I have it for 30 days. Well, it's been a few days, so I have it for Something 25 like days. days. I don't know the number. Yeah. But I have it for a little bit longer. Um, it's a great movie. I've, it's another one where you notice new things every time yeah. you see it. Um. Anyways, join, tune in next week for Talk Nerdy to Me to talk about something nerdy, probably. Um, maybe it'll be the Muppets. I'm not positive, but there's a good chance, good chance it'll be the Muppets, which is my other favorite movie. You haven't seen it yet. I haven't. 
You know who I should talk to about the Muppets? Parker. I might talk to Pixie. You can talk to Parker about Fraggle Rock. Ooh. He's really into that, and he has an art book right now for Fraggle Rock. Interesting. Yeah. He's super into it. It might have to happen. It's the Fraggles. (laughs) Uh, Thank you for listening to Talk to Me. I will see you next week. Bye.